so much for joining us here tonight. Some shocking results from last night's Minnesota primary elections. We're going to break it all down for you in just a moment, but we have to start here with the breaking news coming out of the White House press briefing from earlier today when Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> walks in and just boom, starts the briefing with this. As the head of the executive branch and commander in chief, I have a unique constitutional responsibility to protect the nation's classified information, including by controlling access to it. Today, in fulfilling that responsibility, I've decided to revoke the security clearance of John Brennan, former director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Good for President Trump. I say, what took you so long, President Trump? It's about time you revoke this guy's security clearance after all the things that he has lied about. We'll get into that in just a moment. Now, Sarah Sanders also went on to say that President Trump's going to be reviewing the security clearances for the liar and the leaker, James Comey, former FBI director. Why? Because Trump said, you're fired. Also, the liar and leaker, James Clapper, if we can bring this graphic up, please, and who uh, we all know now leaked information to CNN so that CNN could report on that salacious, unconfirmed, Clinton-paid-for dossier. Also, as you can see there, there's former acting Attorney General Sally Yates. She's the one that said no to upholding the immigration executive order. Uh, FBI fired and leaker. Andrew McCabe, uh, FBI lover, and now newly fired FBI agent Peter Strzok. Oh, yeah, and the one and only Bruce Orr. This picture is there as well. He has uh, now been caught communicating with that British spy, Christopher Steele, after Steele was fired by the FBI because of some character issues and breaking FBI protocol. It's important to note that Bruce Orr's wife, as President Trump calls her, the beautiful Nellie Orr. Um, she worked for Fusion GPS. She's part of the group, obviously, that put together this Russian dossier that hired Christopher Steele to go out and get dirt from the Russians, again, to put together the salacious dossier. One of the people that I did not put in that picture that I have to mention as well that Sarah Sanders talked about was, you may remember, former National Security Advisor to President Barack Obama, Susan Rice. I told you a while back that she actually told her team, they came to her, they said, hey, look, we see that Russia's trying to impact this election. She told them to stand down. That's Susan Rice. Also, the same Susan Rice, you may remember, she went on five Sunday talk shows and blamed Benghazi on a stupid YouTube video. Yes, that's Susan Rice. Also, her security clearance is being reviewed as well. And you got to wonder why people are going after Trump saying this is an enemy's list. Why would he do this when many people could say this is like a silent coup that tried to take out a duly elected president of the United States? Now, let's focus here for a moment on specifically former this is an important title I want you to remember as I'm going through this. Remember, John Brennan is a CIA director. CIA stands for the Central Intelligence Agency. That is important to note. Also want to remind you that this CIA director uh, recently said that President Trump committed treason when he was at the Helsinki summit. Treason? Remember, that's an offense by death, death by hanging. So he's going to go out there and say that a president, a former CIA director, is going to speak out via an, a sitting president and say that he committed treason. Shocking to me. Here's the response, though, uh, that John Brennan tweeted out. This is last night. This is in response to President Trump calling Omarosa a DOG, a dog. So Brennan said this, it's astounding how often you fail to live up to minimum standards of decency, civility, and pro probity. Seems like you 
will never understand what it means to be president, nor what it means to, to be a good, please note these words here, good, decent, and honest person. Very important. So disheartening, so dangerous for our nation. Now, President, or excuse me, CIA Director Former Brennan responded uh, earlier today when he found that his security clearance was being revoked. He tweeted this out. This action is part of a broader effort by Mr. Trump to suppress freedom of speech. Uh, and punish critics. It should gravely worry all Americans, including intelligence professionals, about the cost of speaking out. My principles, again, very important word here to note, my principles are worth more than clearances. I will not relent. Just a quick reminder here, as you saw there, former CIA Director John Brennan tweeted out saying he's a decent and honest person and he's worried about his principles. I will ask tonight what principles and what honesty, and what I mean specifically is this, you may remember Mr. Brennan uh, got busted back in 2014. He got busted, which I'll explain in a moment, but he was illegally accessing U.S. Senate staffers' computers because those people were investigating the CIA's role in torturing detainees. So Brennan goes, tries to search their computers, infiltrate them illegally, denies it. Even one on NBC's Andrew Mitchell show denies it and then only came clean once the CIA Inspector General report came out and said, oh, my bad, you know what, I guess I was actually lying and and investigating or looking into these people illegally. Now, let's talk about the possibility of perjury as well. That means lying under oath. This is a former CIA director, John Brennan, in a congressional hearing being asked about, this is how James Comey, James Comey refers to it, this unverified, salacious Russian dossier. Here's what Brennan said under oath. Do you know who commissioned the Steele dossier? I don't. Did the CIA rely on it? No. Why not? Because we, we didn't. We, it wasn't part of the corpus of intelligence uh, information that we had. It was not in any way used as a basis for the intelligence community assessment that was done. So just to repeat some of that, he said you just said it was not in any way used as basis for an intelligence community assessment that was done. Well, we now know that obviously this dossier was an integral part of the FISA warrant to spy on U.S. citizen Carter Page. I think what's most shocking is that here you've got a director of the CIA. These people should understand intelligence and know what's real and what's not probably as well as anybody in the country, right? One of the most powerful intelligence agencies on the planet, and yet he's running around with an unverified, salacious dossier and trying to hand that around to Harry Reid to get out in the public to try to smear President Trump and his campaign. Head of the CIA going out there and using that kind of a dossier to do what he was trying to do to obviously, again, smear President Donald Trump. What I want to know from you tonight, your point of view, do you agree with President Trump revoking John Brennan's security clearance, or do you think Trump is simply trying to hush some of his haters? Please share your point of view with us. All right, some shocking minds is the fact that Hennepin County Commissioner Jeff Johnson beat former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty to now be the GOP gubernatorial candidate to take on Democrat Congressman Tim Walls in the general election in November. Now, our Valley News Live team, D.C. reporter Peter Zampa, has more on this story. People want something different. A big primary night for the Minnesota GOP. To have every single one of our federal and statewide candidates win their primaries 
it really is a resounding uh, note of confidence for the grassroots for our party infrastructure. Jennifer Carnahan runs the conservative show in Minnesota. A hotly contested gubernatorial race saw former Governor Tim Pawlenty go at it with the GOP-endorsed and triumphant Jeff Johnson. Carnahan says there was minimal inter-party damage. I think people are motivated about electing a Republican governor so that we can have total control of state government and start to make some real change in Minnesota. It's tough sledding for Republican candidates going up against Democratic farmer labor candidates in a liberal-leaning state. Tim Walz is Jeff Johnson's new opponent. It didn't matter who they picked on the other side because the divisive message will stay the same. Johnson says he's confident in his message as we inch toward November. He's not worried about bringing Polanyi supporters into his corner. He says that's already happening. He's focused on independence and undecideds. They want to be listened to by government and they don't feel like they are right now. That's not partisan at all. So I think that message really resonates with independents and some Democrats. Jeff Johnson and his campaign got the Trump bump earlier today as well, at least via Twitter, when President Trump tweeted this out. Jeff Johnson of Minnesota had a big night in winning the Republican nomination for governor against a very strong and well-known opponent. Thanks for all the support you showed me. You have my complete and total endorsement. You will win in November. Now, joining us live with more in-depth coverage from the Minnesota primaries, Valley News team, D.C. Bureau reporter, Peter Zampa. Peter, great work as always, sir. Uh, I know it's tough to get everything you want in a you know minute, minute and a half story. So what else should we know from this primary that you did not have in your story there? Well, you mentioned the president's tweet about Tim Pawlenty, former governor Tim Pawlenty being well known. One of the things we were talking to Jeff Johnson's campaign earlier, including the candidate himself. One of the things he was laughing about was a headline that came out somewhere today talking about an unknown county commissioner beating a former governor Pawlenty. Uh, he was laughing about that. But yeah, he is indeed the candidate. I think we should start by uh, the fact that you and I were talking about some polling yesterday and wondering if if these big parties, if these state parties, these political parties, the GOP and the DFL still have the power. Uh, and, and clearly on the Republican side, that is true. Every single we were talking to the chairwoman today. She says every single one of their endorsed candidates won last night. So still party power on that side of the aisle uh, on the Democratic side, on the DFL side. It was a bit mixed. Some of the polls were correct. You know, you had Tim Walz pull out a huge win. You had Keith Ellison pull out a huge win. Both candidates were not endorsed by the DFL. So the polls were uh, a little bit right as far as how, how strong these endorsements can be. But uh, certainly on the GOP side, they were incorrect last night, at least for the Jeff Johnson race. I know you had a chance to, to visit with Jeff Johnson one-on-one. -on -one. I think it's pretty clear the power, again, of, of a President Trump, even in Minnesota, where maybe his, you know, like likability factor is not huge. And yet Tim Pawlenty during the campaign said, hey, President Trump, he's, this is when Trump was campaigning. He's not fit to be president. Definitely did not stand with President Trump. Now you've got Jeff Johnson. He's always stood with President Trump. He's been tough on immigration. How much do you think President Trump carried Jeff Johnson over Tim Pawlenty? Well, that's an interesting question. I actually asked Jeff Johnson about it today. And if it is the best thing to hitch your wagon to this particular president in this particular state. And he said, yeah, he likes it. He wants him to come back 10 times between now and November. And I asked him in particular about tariffs and what those conversations with farmers in our neck of the woods, up in northwest Minnesota and southern Minnesota, what those farmers think about the tariff policies out of this administration. And he said it doesn't get tiresome having to explain them. He said he's happy to disagree with the president on certain things, but he agrees with some of the tariff policies. He wants a better deal. Some of the farmers he talks to say they want a better deal. Uh, so 
He says it doesn't get tiresome. He wants the president in his corner, and he said he's ready to stick up for himself and for Minnesotans if the president doesn't see eye to eye with him on certain things. Now, I'm not sure how much you, you, you dove into the numbers from last night or if you asked Jennifer Carnahan, the GOP chairwoman, about this. But, but the thing I look at, Peter, is just at the end of the day, elections are math. You know, when you look at last night, you had a huge turnout really in both parties, and yet there just seems to be a lot more numbers from the Democrats than there is for Republicans. I mean, does Jeff Johnson have a legitimate shot, if you just look at the numbers, to end up beating Tim Walls, in your opinion? Well, Jennifer Carnahan was asked that question today about turnout. The Democrats showed out in force, but the state of Minnesota showed out in force. It's a state that likes to vote. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. And she, uh, I wouldn't call it a deflection, but she's really thrilled with the numbers that she saw. And, and, you know, talking to her with our interview today, she said she's very confident in Jeff Johnson. She thinks this Trump boost will be that, a big boost for his campaign. So they're not feeling defeated yet. They, it's a long way to go to November, and they're just going to try and touch every single part of the state. Democrats did show out pretty strong last night, but she likes how the Republicans showed out last night as well. Uh, one of the things that shocked me was Keith Ellison having the, uh, you know, um, domestic violence allegations, and yet he won very, very big. I know tomorrow, you text me this, which I consider to be some breaking news. Tomorrow, the Minnesota Democrats were going to get together. They were going to hold a rally. And I think you told me earlier today that was canceled. Is that still bearing out to be true? And if so, what's going on? So that is canceled. As I reported, I believe it was in the 5 o'clock hour, maybe 6 o'clock. Uh, there is going to be a joint press conference. It's going to be current Governor Mark Dayton. The DFL endorsed candidate Aaron Murphy, who of course lost to Tim Walz, who will also be there. So they will have sort of a unifying event here at the state capitol, actually. Um, I'm not sure we can say that the, the unity, rally, unity rally was canceled because of Keith Ellison. I would never uh, surmise that to be true. He had a good showing, and once again, in his victory speech last night, he completely denied these allegations. People obviously came out in droves for Keith Ellison. They came out in droves for Tina Smith. They came out in droves for Amy Klobuchar. So we saw the numbers that we thought we would for these very popular Minnesota figures, despite whatever's going on in the news uh, around them. Last question, Peter, did they tell you why they did cancel the Unite rally? Yeah, they, they said there were scheduling conflicts. It makes sense. You've got to get going. Uh, some people say they want to rest. That's not happening for any of these folks. They, they're up and down the state trying to get money. They're, 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 trying, to, they're trying to touch every single hand they can in this state. Uh, as Tim Walz said last night, he wants to engage a lot more. DFL chairman Ken Martin told us on Monday that uh, Tim Walz was not engaging with people as much as his endorsed candidate Aaron Murphy. Well, Walz is going to show in these next few months, he tells us, that uh, he is going to engage with these Minnesotans. Peter Zampa, Valley News Live DC reporter. We appreciate the insight very much. We hope to talk to you tomorrow night. You'll have some insight from maybe Tim Walz and Governor Dayton and the DFL as well. So thank you very much, sir. Hey, you got it, Chris. I think one of the great things for Minnesotans is that you're going to have a clear distinction when it comes to choosing your next governor. And here's what I mean specifically. Tim Walls, uh, he was in a recent debate down in Minneapolis. He said, look, I want Minnesota to be a sanctuary state. If you're not, not familiar with that, that means where he wants to allow illegal immigrants to sort of be there and not necessarily apply or comply, I should say, with ICE detainers. On the other side, you've got Jeff Johnson, very strong in immigration. He actually is now suggesting he'd like to see Minnesota pull out of the refugee resettlement program until he has a better understanding of what that actually costs the state of Minnesota. Uh, he, he has been very, very tough in immigration. Tim Walls would like to see a single-payer system for health care. Jeff Johnson does not. So we'll obviously working to have both those candidates on the show for you to answer the tough questions and give you some clarity on who you should vote for come November. I want to touch on this quickly as well. Senator Heidi Heitkamp.